Jersey Judah Red Pill Party Podcast. I'm trying something new. I got this magnet dash with my phone. So now I can record hands-free, ladies and gentlemen. The, the technologies that we have, right? So now I'm doing this shit hands-free. I'm on the road right now. I'm about to drive to my spot. Park up somewhere. Nice and quiet. Even though it is a quiet evening. It's 648 p.m. It is the 27th. Is it the 27th? Yes. Or am I wrong? Yes, it is December 27, 2021. <coughs> I'm smoking. Chronic. I hope you people enjoy your holiday. We're going to have some fun tonight. We might, we might grill and saute some bitches tonight. We might. Or we might just take it easy. It's always around these times. Previously, it was a very depressing time, the holidays, because I didn't have much money. Even when I was working, the hours that I was, and putting in the effort, I wasn't really having much financially to show for it. And I know what it's like to put in eight hours, 10 hours, 12 hours, day in and day out. I feel that you're not getting anywhere because of that shit. But it wasn't like that this time around. I did a lot of spending. I bought a lot of gifts for my mother. I bought gifts for my father. I bought gifts for my brothers. And I bought gifts for my nieces and nephews. And as long as 
I was able to contribute something this year for the holiday, I was good. You know what I mean? I bought these LED lights that hook up. Uh, they, they stick on your vehicle. <coughs> and uh, I bought these lights for my trunk. Uh, sort of like on the bumper end of the trunk. They look pretty nice. Bought a couple things for myself. Floor mats for the car. Steer wheel, uh, steering wheel covering and all that shit. <coughs> now I gotta fix this mirror next. I was supposed to fix my side mirror this morning. What ended up happening was on top of not being able to fix that, you know, I've kind of just been relaxing. It's been a very, uh, nice time. Uh, didn't work since Thursday, so it was Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. A lovely four-day weekend. Going back into the workplace tomorrow. And I'm going to be doing the early shift. But the good news is, it's only Tuesday and Wednesday. So that's always a, a fucking treat, without a doubt. <clears throat> but really, for me, on the weekend, man, I'm really getting back into the music. The beat that you heard earlier uh, was one of the many beats that I've done. I forgot what I named it on SoundCloud, but if you guys go on SoundCloud, search in Jersey Judah, J-E-R-Z-E-E-J-U-D-A-H, you will find the track. Uh, I think I had put together like four or five beats this weekend. I only shared, I think, three so far. <coughs> Two. With two, I have to fix. So, um, one of the hobbies that I kind of grew up with uh, making music was really something that kept me out of trouble, kept me away from people, also kept me productive. So, it's a real treat to get back in the swing of things when it comes to the music, especially when it comes to the podcast, because now I have a place to incorporate it. I still share um, a lot of my music via Facebook. In fact, that's the only reason I use Facebook. Uh, and oh shit! Oh! <laughs> that's what I get for trying to move this shit. But uh, and here comes the rain. Oh boy, man! I don't know if this is gonna. We're definitely not going to be uh, doing this shit long tonight. I'm trying to get back to my fucking spot so I can fucking park up so I don't have to move around and waste gas so we can really start cooking. Yeah, we're not going to go overboard tonight. We're not going to go back into the subjects. And I'm actually thinking about after this episode not really doing nothing until uh, next week, a.k.a. New Year's. Simply because this week for me is going to be pretty busy because I'm going to be uh, moving around 8 o'clock in the morning. Uh, if I record something, it may be at noon, but it's going to be difficult 
it's gonna be very difficult to come up with topics this week. So I wanna have my discussion here. We're gonna try to make it a little empty because I wanna take y'all back. I wanna take y'all back to Jersey Judah before the Red Pill, before the Red Pill Party podcast. I was always Jersey Judah, but this wasn't always the Red Pill Party podcast. I was in a transitional phase where I still wanted to be, at that time, I still wanted to be connected to the cause or the streets, right? So I had what I call Jersey Judah's PSA, Public Service Announcements. This was 2014, 2015. And I was still trying to find my way with this podcast. I had good ideas. I just didn't have the right way to illustrate it. But the one thing that I was always doing was taking notes. And with a lot of things going on, sometimes you really do need to sit back and write it right down the shit because it's like too much too much shit going on you know you're going on social media i don't even know how people can go on social media 24 7 and claim to have a life like it wasn't until i started working where i'm working at now (coughs) to where i can really say like yeah i can live without facebook i'd be totally fine I can totally live without Facebook. But that point in my life, I was trying to gain an audience. And even today, as much as I tell people I don't really care, the only reason why I say that is because I know the people in my area ain't going to listen to me regardless. Like I said, I've been uploading music for like the past three, four days. You know, making music, waking up, and just create music. Like, I, I made a, I made, I'm going to play something later on, right? And the funny story about this, this beat was, it was in my head. Or uh, um, a fracture, a fraction of it, you know what I mean? Was in my head. And I woke up early this morning. Fired up the laptop. And just started cooking. You know what I mean? It's hard to explain. Like I said, but going back, not going too deep into music, I already know that there's a lot of people who are just in my vicinity that's not going to listen to my shit anyway. You know what I mean? That's just, this is where I talked about before where you have your champagne friends and you got your beer buddies. Your beer buddies is the dudes you want to keep around. Shout out to the beer buddies out there. I was just fucking with my one homeboy, uh two nights ago or was it last night it's been crazy i think last night motherfuckers was last yesterday was just a random occasion for me so my brother showed up on christmas day one of my brothers showed up got me um a bottle of malibu okay it's light rum right coconut rum which actually isn't bad you know what I mean? But I was like, man, I don't really drink this, but I'm just drinking anyway. So I'm drinking this shit with Mountain Dew. I had Mountain Dew Amp with the Malibu in it. 
this shit was fucking phenomenal, right? So now I'm walking around. I'm not really walking around, but I'm driving around essentially like, yo, feeling lit. I decide to go, I think it was like a 7-Eleven because, you know, it's Christmas. So none of these stores are really open. You feel me? So I'm like, fuck it. You know, I'll go to 7-Eleven see what's over there. I see eggnog. Nigga, it's not that I don't drink eggnog because I really, I really don't mind it. It's just spare the moment. So I'm like, yo, let me get this fucking eggnog, bro. Let me get this fucking eggnog. So I grab it and I'm like, okay, fuck it. I'm just going to go home and start drinking, nigga. Like, what the fuck else am I going to do? go to the house, I start drinking this shit, feeling great, feeling saucy, just hopped on the beats, hopped on the boards, because it was something that I haven't done in so long, especially during the holidays, like, it's a nostalgic day for me to wake up, <clears throat> fire up the laptop, and just start putting beats together, even if I don't do a whole beat, even if I play a chord, even if I play a few melodies, I can save it and come back to it five, five hours, sometimes five days, often five months later. It's not like that with podcasting, unfortunately. You know what I mean? It's very difficult. Like, I, when I come on here, it's like I try to keep like what I always talk about. I try to have a little bit of information and a little bit of entertainment. You know what I mean? I don't want to entertain niggas too much to where y'all see me as some type of clown. Where I have to act and dress a certain way to entertain you. That's not what I'm here for. So I keep the informative level up too because you're not dealing with a simple-minded Negro. You feel me? So anyway, going all the way back to what I was talking about. With the Jersey Judah PSA days, it was really just me experimenting I'm like in a laboratory you know in the same way I'm making beats I'm experimenting I'm in I'm in my zone and I'm putting sounds together and I'm seeing what sound match, matches up or maybe this sound matches up if I put the pitch down or maybe you know what I mean sort of that type of mentality I kept that and established that with what I do with the podcast But the PSA days was really based off of everything going on. Like, yo, something went on. I think I talked about the 6ix9ine situation. Like, this is to tell y'all how far I came from where I was at. Like, <clears throat> I realized that in order to make the moves that I wanted to make, I had to let a lot of things go. And a lot of those things became people. And I'm the one that tells you, you know, you have to be comfortable in your own skin. You know what I mean? There's a level, especially with a man, as a man, there is a level of isolation that is necessary in the red pill. You can't be a person who claims to better yourself and you're constantly paying attention to what other people are doing around you, right? So during that time, that was where the process for me began. 
I was like, all right, I'm going to talk about something that's relatable. Okay. Relationships, relatable, dating, relatable, Uh, dealing with a lot of these scandalous ass hoes, relatable. I started talking about that. The buzz became obvious. The, the amount of buzz that I was getting from the shit that I was talking about. And even before the red pill, this was still PSA days. I was just talking about previous relationships and why I don't look at a lot of women today as trustworthy. You know what I'm saying? And it created a buzz. A lot of people got on board. This is where the outside audience comes in. This is where my nigga's Jericho, my nigga Jericho from the Bronx comes in, originally from Wisconsin, when you listen to my shit. Uh, this is where Thomas Carter, my boy from Tennessee, comes in. Will Ingram from Canada, um, Ontario, Canada. This is where the support from the outside people came in. And this is when, at the time, I wasn't paying attention to um, anything dealing with the statistics of who's listening, who's following. I'm not paying attention to anything. I'm just going on here, and at the time, it wasn't a podcast. It was on Facebook Live. So I would go on Facebook Live and just turn up. I turn the comments off sometimes. <coughs> I used to turn the comments off, because not because I didn't want to see them. I just figured that hell. <coughs> I wasn't going to get niggas commenting anyway. But I was like, fuck it. I said, like, you know what? I'm going to turn off these comments any fucking way. So that's why I did. Um, we talking like hour, hour and a half to three hours on Facebook Live. Shooting the shit, talking about any and everything. I was getting better and better at articulating myself through words. You feel me? It's almost like a rapper, right? Like a rapper can be talented as fuck. But if he doesn't have the delivery, like a nigga can be spitting some hot shit. But if you don't understand what he's saying, how do you know if he's hot or not? Or you got rappers who don't really rap about shit. But what they have is a flow. The way they articulate their words or their ad libs are almost just as important. Um, if not more important than the fucking uh, than the lyrics, but I was just learning how to put two and two together. You know what I mean? My uncle played a big part, but not in a way that he may think. Meaning, I was trying to get myself off the ground with the Jersey Judas PSA. My uncle who has his podcast, the Blacklisted Podcast, he has his shit going on. He asked me one day, hey, you know, we're recording, you know, a podcast. I'm like, yo, you got you got a podcast? He's like, yeah, Blacklisted Podcast. I was like, oh, all right, shit sounds cool. So what I would do is it used to work out like, like twice a month or, you know what I mean, because every weekend he would record, sometimes Friday and sometimes Saturday. Or excuse me. 
sometimes Saturday and sometimes Sunday. <clears throat> so what I would do is I was like pretty much observing. Like I'm still I'm still on the pot I'm still doing the podcast with him during the time. But I'm like more or less paying attention to how things are done. Like how does my uncle record or what equipment does he use? Or um, I forgot the guy who's always with him, who was always there. Um, chaos, they call him chaos. He would he would have this program. And so I would, without them knowing, I'm observing. I'm seeing like, all right. I'm like, all right, I want to see what the fuck this shit boils down to if I got to do this by myself. And the content for the podcast may be good for that audience. For me, I didn't just want to sit back and talk about wrestling every fucking weekend. Or I didn't have enough I didn't have enough care for comic books and I didn't have enough care for uh animated movies to just sit back and talk about those things for hours on end. But it was still a learning experience. So I took that I was like, all right, they use this program. So like I said, I'm gathering notes. I'm like gathering data. I'm gathering resources while, you know, learning the ropes of podcasting. Okay. So now this is like 2014. I'm still doing Facebook live videos, right? I'm still doing the Facebook live videos because I'm still trying to get a name out there. Now today... I don't really give a shit about Facebook, let alone Facebook Live. I use Facebook primarily to share the podcast. Now, I was thinking, <clears throat> I need to find like a bigger uh, social social media network that doesn't primarily deal with Facebook because I want to get my shit out to everybody. So, Boom. Jersey Judah, <clears throat> Jersey Judah's PSA, which Jersey Judah's PSA started off as a blog talk radio uh, show. Now I can remember it. From there, it went from blog talk radio to saying, fuck it, I'll go on Facebook Live and just do it there. Went on Facebook Live for like two years straight. Was putting in work. And then my uncle came along in the 2014 and was like, yo. So I recorded it with them. Something, a falling out took in place. I think it was like. He just had too many people. You know what I mean? At one point it became, hold up, let me think. One, two. At one point, at one point in time, it was like six people recording all at once. So you have a phone that's in the middle of the room. You got all these loud ass niggas trying to talk over one another. And it got to a point where he was like, all right, this is what we'll do. He tried to split the show up into two days. Okay, that makes sense. But if you have five people just showing up for two days talking over one another, what's the point? Then he tried to do something different where it was like, hey, we'll record segments. Right. So instead of all of us talking over each other at once, I'll do my little five to ten uh, minute 
segment. If you want to do 30 minutes, you do yours. And I just didn't like how that was going. Plus, like I said, at this point, I became more red pill aware. And I wanted to talk about why a lot of these bitches ain't shit. And I can tell from how certain people were there, they weren't really liking the shit that I was talking about. And it was cool because I didn't like the comic book shit that they talked about. So it was pretty much an even split. So I remember pretty much saying to myself, okay, what can I do to not reinvent myself, but to give myself a new, uh, uh, I don't know, um, give myself like a new twist. Like if, if I'm doing the same shit, it's going to become very boring, obvious. So during this time, I'm, I'm listening and I'm watching a lot of MGTOW and Red Pill content. I'm resonating with it. Excuse me. I'm resonating with it. But at the same time, I'm not I'm not saying to myself, okay, I'm gonna jump into podcasting about the red pill. Like that that wasn't that wasn't what I was trying to do. But I knew <clears throat> I didn't want to talk about the same street bullshit. You know what I mean, I didn't give a fuck about the street bullshit. <clears throat> I didn't care about the music bullshit. I didn't want to talk about those things. I wanted something original. I wanted something unique. And I was, like I said, Black Ram 313, Dick and Man's Templar, Rolo Tomasi, uh, 21 Studios, all of these things, Coach Greg Adams. Were the people I was listening to. While I was brainstorming, and what happened was they kept talking about topics and situations that I went through, or they kept talking about situations or topics that was very identical to mine. So I'm like, damn, it's just crazy. Maybe, just maybe, if I stay on this path, I'll be able to find something for myself. So that's what I did. And it started off with the Red Pill Party podcast, which was in other places, there were other places I was doing podcasts for because in my mind, I wanted to be on as many platforms as possible, but I wasn't really thinking like, all right, I want to get a name or if I can get a name for myself, I'll be good. If I get a name for myself, I'll be good. So I won't need, um, I won't need to, uh, put myself out there where I'm just, I got four or five different places for where my podcast can be listened to, but nobody's listening to it. So I said, fuck it. I heard about Anchor. Shout out to Anchor. And I I was I was like really I was going back and forth, like, all right, if I talk about bitches one hundred percent, I'm cooking these hoes. I'm not gonna be one of those guys who are on the fence, but hey, there's still good ones out there. Bitch, if I never seen one then they're not out there, nigga. If I never seen a bitch that was faithful or a bitch that was worth time and effort, then, then I'm not going to pretend that they're around. A lot of these bitches are long gone. Yes, we bring it back to organs. Oh, my God, we bring it back to organs. Oh, my God. Anyway, so the Red Pill Party podcast came up from that. 
But even when I started the Red Pill Party podcast, it was a lot of things was going on. I was trying to find my way with with work. I mean, I was working, but I wasn't getting the money that I felt that I deserved for the work that I was doing. So I'm like, I'm like battling demons at that time. You know what I mean? There was times where I just stopped recording. I didn't feel like fucking recording. I wasn't in the mood to record. This wasn't as therapeutic yet as it is today. At the time when I was still trying to get my shit together as a man. So in a lot of ways at that time, it was like, man, fuck the podcast. Like, let me let me let me get some shit going on. Let me get something situated. Let me get some money together. Let me find a better job. Let me find better opportunities. So I took a break from podcasting for like a year and a half. It was a tough time. It wasn't that I really wanted to take the break. It was just. How am I going to tell you guys about progression if I'm not making any myself? See, I'm no fake ass nigga. I'm not no part time pastor. If I go do something real and I know that the shit I went through can help benefit the next person, I'm not going to hide. Uh, I'm not going to hide my face or I'm not going to have a voice changing uh, uh, um, device to change my. I don't give a fuck. So I knew when I was going to do this podcasting thing, I wanted to feel. <clears throat> it wasn't that I wanted to be a hundred percent. I wanted to feel a hundred percent. Like okay, everything that I've done and it's been like that. Real shit. It's been like that. It's been it's been cash money. From uh, I would say from October going forward, it's been cash money because I worked hard for this shit. It's like having a car. You know what I mean? I bought this car in the September. You feel me? Um, I don't give a shit what a bitch think about this car. I don't care what a nigga thinks about this car. It's my car. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? I put the work and the effort into it. <coughs> you feel me? So it was like, when the podcast, when I jumped back into podcasts in 2019, January, that's when I talked about Donald Trump. That's actually the first episode on this podcast. I said, okay. It wasn't consistent. Don't get it twisted. The goal going forward is to be more consistent. To have more quality content. And to not deal with with as many people. I don't want to deal with, and I, when I talk about deal with people, I mean deal with people in person. A lot of people just represent distractions. There's a lot of champagne buddies out there. Oh, I see this nigga, he got a car. Let me try to get a ride. But if that car wasn't there, right? If I didn't, if I wasn't driving no vehicle, or if I was in the same fucked up situation as a lot of these niggas were, they wouldn't be asking me for shit. They wouldn't be talking to me. So regardless of how fucked up it sounds, you got to have that attitude where it's like, yo, if you was not with me from the bottom when I didn't have shit, you're not going to be celebrating with me in the present or the future. We'll get that shit out of the way real quick. Mission failed. We'll go next time.
Y'all niggas better get somebody else. I'm telling you. But like I said, man, the timeline with 2001 going forward, I was working. I was two jobs back. That was two jobs back. That job was actually the longest, which is funny now that I think about it. It was one of the longest jobs that I've had, but it was also one of the worst jobs that I've had. And the only reason I stayed on, I stayed employed was I literally needed the money. But I was still in that mentality 2019 where I'm better than what I was 2018 or I'm better than where I was 2016. I, I had that mindset like it's all about making the next step. You're not going to get to where you're at overnight. You're going to go through trials and tribulations. And I went through a lot. <coughs> I went through a lot. To get to where I'm at right now, making the most money that I've made ever, um, new car, other new things to come in the, in the future. But the fucked up thing is, and this is like why these subjects are important. I didn't get those things from people. You know, all them niggas that come around saying, yo, if you need me, I got you, bro. No matter what, da, 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 da. that's all bullshit, bro. That's why I don't believe in a day one. A day one can suck my dick. I don't give a fuck about a day one. I don't give a shit about a day one. A day one will be someone to line you up and set you up. You believe that day one shit. Okay. I don't believe in no day one shit. I have friends who I knew for a week. Who I trust more than niggas I knew my whole entire fucking life. I'm going to say that again. I had niggas who I just met, right? Who I would know for one year. I would trust that one nigga that I knew for one year more than most niggas around here that I knew my entire life. Day ones are a myth, bro. I think a lot of you men, <clears throat> excuse me, I think a lot of you men who are red pill aware, you, you came to that realization pretty early. Because so many people, so many men who are in the manosphere, they just talk about women where you don't really understand like, yo, this goes with friends too. When you start making those decisions and you start making those moves to better yourself, those so-called friends that saw you get nothing in life, they're going to feel some type of way. I remember uh I remember this interview that was with Snoop. It was with Snoop. And ASAP Rocky. This was a minute ago. And I'm not really a fan of either or. Snoop Dogg is a legend. So it's all respect. ASAP. In his own right. He's one of those new niggas. That, that was really. Taking over the hip hop scene. Especially in New York. With the Houston sound. And shit like that. <coughs> but. The interview that I'm pointing out. Has nothing to do with their music. It was something that Snoop said. To ASAP Rocky, where 
Snoop pretty much told ASAP Rocky that eventually you'll have to close the gap with the people that you knew. If those people are on the same level that you're on, like, for example, this is a common theme that everybody knows of. You in the hood, the neighborhood, the projects, the urban environments, predominantly African-American or Hispanics. And there's a whole bunch of niggas doing wrong, a whole bunch of niggas down bad, trying to get it however they can. And there's that one, sometimes two people that come out of nowhere. They're from that area, keep in mind, but they go a different path. They look at what the streets have to offer, and they're just not interested. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like what I talked about before. These niggas is talking about all the bitches that they've gotten. How many bitches have you told that you're not interested Fuck how many bitches you slept with. How many how many women that you reject, nigga? How many niggas? How many how many niggas out there, right? How many niggas out there, right? That that you y'all can really say, "Oh yeah, man, I don't I don't even fuck with that bitch." And it's a bad bitch. Everybody's looking at you like, "What?" Like, yeah, she's a waste of time. You know what I mean? She's a burden buddy. She shows up when you got shit going on, right? They always show up. They're like the bears of bad news. Just like all the shit that I was talking about throughout the year. Because it's all real. It's my experiences. It's my life. So I incorporate a lot of my life, a lot of my personal matters into this podcast. Especially with burden buddies. Like I had to really disconnect, personally disconnect from a lot of people. Because... I found myself by myself and nobody was in my corner. Nobody offered any words of advice. Nobody offered anything. I was struggling and niggas would just walk, walk right past me. Once I realized that a lot of people are generally just like that, it's like, cool, bet. I won't have to talk to you. I don't have any problems with you. I'm just going to do the best that I can to outshine you. I'm going to do the best that I can to outshine you. So when you come back around or you come back and say, yo, we're good, bro. I'm just going to hand you off with like one word responses. Like, what's up? Do you got? No. I need a ride. Can't do it. That's that's where that type of energy comes from for me. I'm not really like that. But my problem was I was so opposite to what I am now that I would be manipulated and used by everybody around me. It's funny because like we talk about nice guys, we talk about this type of energy amongst well, women, but we rarely talk about this shit amongst men. There's a lot of followers out there. There's a lot of followers out there, guys. And you got to really turn up and you really got to find your own style. And you know, you got to stunt on these niggas on some Tony Hawk shit. Stunting on niggas. Fuck that shit. Like, I've been down long enough. That's why when this holiday went by, I was surprised that it was even Christmas. <clears throat> like, I'm in the crib with, with, with money in my pocket. I spent most of my money on just gifts and presents for the family. I got nieces, nephews, brothers, 
Thank God I don't have a sister, parents. So I spent most of my money making sure I could actually give them something this year. Because there was times where I didn't have money. Hopefully the rain isn't that bad. We're going to talk right through this motherfucker. Matter of fact, I'm going to have to hold the phone in my hand old school style. But I, I actually spent most of my time getting presents, driving around, getting gifts. And, and I wasn't even in a bad mood over it. Like, it actually felt good to look out for the people that have been looking out for me every year. Even when I didn't have a job, I didn't have nothing. You know what I mean? So I'm blessed to have family like that. But I don't look at anybody outside of family in that fashion. And you know what? Whoever listening and they feel some type of way, deal with it, bro. Like... Niggas weren't there when I didn't have shit. Niggas weren't around when I talked about this, what, 2014, 2015? Not even. Uh, uh, 2017, when shit was so bad for me, I thought about committing suicide. And I expressed it on Facebook. Nobody gave a fuck, my nigga. Nobody gave a fuck. Nobody. I don't want to hear shit from nobody, bro. Nobody gave a fuck. Nigga, I was talking about self-deletion around that time because shit was not working out for me. And I was about to go to another extreme that could have got me incarcerated or killed. Wasn't nobody there, bro. Like, that's that's the harsh reality. As a man, bro, like, And if you're a person out there who has dignity and you're loyal to niggas, bro, these motherfuckers will use and abuse you. You'll find yourself by yourself with all those niggas that talked about they was going to look out. Anytime where you need something done legally or illegally, it can be done. Now it's time for show and proof. And these niggas is gone. <laughs> these niggas played the Houdini card on you. These niggas fucked around and turned into David Blaine on you. Disappeared in thin air. Champagne. Champagne friends. Fraudulent at best. Your champagne friends are the people who show up when you have accomplished something. This is why I compare a lot of females to the champagne friends. Because these bitches are not going to be there for you in the beginning. These bitches aren't going to be there when... You're still coming up. You're still improving. They're not going to show up. They're only interested in the finished product, which means they're the women who only appear once the race is over. These are the bitches who only show up at the finish line for the men in the podium. 
It's them. But now, let's equate this to the men. Because men do this shit too. Men, I hate to say it, but niggas are notorious for this type of shit. You'll deal with a nigga like, see, I dealt with niggas that I know talk shit behind my back. You feel me? But what it is to me is they're pussy because they're not saying this shit to me. They're saying a lot of slick shit when I'm not around thinking I'm not getting bits and pieces of the information. So I like to outshine these niggas. Because when I show up, it's a bunch of fake smiles. All was good. One word responses, nothing, chilling. I right, bet. That's it. I'm not dip like... <laughs> Bro, like, I think that's the thing where, with, 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 um, with groups of men, like the military, right? Where it's like, it doesn't matter, like, it doesn't matter in a lot of ways what your nationality is. It doesn't matter where you're from. Once you have that uniform on and once you represent that flag, you represent everybody, right? So you had a lot of niggas that went into the military that was like, fuck niggas. A lot of hillbillies, a lot of rednecks. Then they ended up going to war with, with these niggas that they hated fighting alongside them. Risking their necks for them. That changed their entire mindset. You'll be surprised how many niggas from the military, white people, who have the mindset that I expressed. They didn't like niggas in the beginning. They went to war. They went to an operation and was standing alongside the people that they were told to hate their entire lives. And they leave with an amount of respect. These men become brothers. I don't have people like that, nigga. Fuck you talking about. I struggle with me and myself alone. You feel me? So I'm man enough to take that responsibility and I'm man enough to stand on what I say. But with that being said, I know, nigga, I'm this is this is a fight that I'm a part of myself. I'm I'm fighting this battle alone. And I'm not sitting back and pretending that I got so many comrades, nigga. I'm out here in the field alone. Riding dolo, chilling dolo, smoking dolo, all that shit. Walking dolo, I'm not afraid of no fucking body, bro. Like, and I carry myself as a man, first and foremost. Fucking, fuck a race or nationality. I'm a man. I'm going to stand on my fucking word. And I realized that there was just a lot of people who talked about always being down and always riding for a nigga. These niggas ain't doing shit. Niggas ain't doing a goddamn thing, bro. And if, it, and if it was some real street shit, a lot of these niggas would have got dealt with. But I don't I don't deal with things with a street mentality. Don't get it twisted. I, got, I may have some niggas that's from the streets. You know what I mean? In a lot of ways, I'm from the streets myself. So I, I can't say that I'm not going to react in a way that I feel is necessary if I'm pushed to that level. But what I'm saying is, it ain't like that. I'm just speaking in general, like niggas is really out of pocket. 
they'll be the ones that talk about they got your back the most, but they're, they're the first niggas to leave. That's why I'm saying, like, if it was street, if it was street politics, these niggas would have got dealt with. I wouldn't have dealt with them, but somebody else would. That's why I don't play the street nigga games. I'm just a nigga that's from that environment. You know what I'm saying? I'm from that environment, but I don't play by those rules. I don't play by those rules. I'm not going to blindly be loyal to a nigga because it's the right thing to do. Nah, fuck these niggas. These niggas ain't loyal at all, bro. If a nigga got an opportunity to take what you have, right? Or if a nigga sees you doing something that they want to do or driving something that they want to drive or they just want to drive in general, but they literally don't have a drive, <laughs> they literally don't have a purpose. And if those niggas can take what you got straight up, just take what you have, they'll do it in a heartbeat. So when niggas talk about loyalty and shit, I'm, I'm like, I'm low-key laughing at these niggas. Like, what are you talking about? These niggas fight over bitches, bro. Like, <laughs> they're fighting over females still. Like, how, how can I listen and respect anything that you tell me? I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna pretend to, uh, uh, to participate. So I knew from that point on, like, all right, nigga, I'm, I'm in this bitch, I'm in this bitch solo any fucking way. I'm used to smoking weed by myself, playing video games, making beats. I'm used to doing everything by myself as it is. So if I really have to go, all right, I'll just chill, do everything dolo, then that's what I did. So now we still in the timeline, right? Like 2017 and going on to 2018, that's when I really started to understand the red pill. <clears throat> I didn't really do anything with it. Oh, I didn't really make a decision to, to like want to do a podcast until later on. Because like I said, everything that I was doing and everything, all the content that I was listening to, these people were almost speaking to me. Because a lot of the shit they were talking about was shit I've been through. Like, so I couldn't just sit back and ignore that. I had to really make something happen. So it was just a lot easier for me because with the podcast, I don't really care to incorporate too many people. I'll incorporate somebody from the outside who I don't know with an opinion than someone from my area because I know what they talk about. The shit they talk about, they can never relate to this. <clears throat> it's too real for them. You know what I mean? They into that, they into that uh, hip hop delusion. Like everything is, everything is everything. Like, yeah, you from the hood, you from this, you doing this and that, you flipping birds, you flipping keys, niggas on original. Niggas will just continuously be stereotypical because they feel that that's their claim to fame. That's why you, you, you'll, you'll never see niggas not dance. 
Niggas is always tap dancing, shuffling, doing some type of niggerish shit. And in our culture, we see that as a good thing. But if a person goes, I'm going to be a lawyer, right? I'm going to be an educator. I'm going to be a doctor. You'll look at these niggas as lambs. Y'all niggas is ass backwards. Straight up. Y'all niggas is ass backwards. Niggas is too fucking old to really be dealing with y'all niggas. And y'all too old to still have that mentality. But at the end of the day, that's y'all problem to deal with. Because the way that I went through my problems, I went through them by myself. So now y'all got to do that. (laughs) Y'all need that self-development now. You feel me? I talk about my self-development because that shit is the reason why I'm breathing. I'm still on this earth today. That's real shit. That's real life shit. This isn't a rap lyric. This isn't this isn't nothing funky of that matter. This is some real shit. No cameras, no action, no cut, nigga. This is life. God, the camera of God is always on you in life. So in a lot of ways, life is a movie, except God is your corrector. God is your director. God is your creator. What you do in this world shouldn't it shouldn't appease anybody else more than the most high. So that's why I got the Sigma male mindset. I'm a lone wolf as it is. So my my mentality, even with the podcast, is like, yo, I'm I'm a lone wolf, so I'm I'm in it. I'm more comfortable by myself anyway. I can go into a, a, a crowd of people by myself and be and be comfortable. And I can look around and see bitches dig that. Bitches, bitches like that. They see a nigga like, yo, he's just by himself. Like, and he's disconfident. Like, see, it's 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 completely bizarro world today. Cause a lot of y'all niggas just want to be in gangs. Y'all want to be in groups of people to get bitches. Gang shit is is gang shit. I'm not even gonna get too deep in it. A lot of niggas, in a lot of ways, this ain't Cali. So I don't want to hear niggas say that they were born into the lifestyle, but. If that life is in your environment and you're constantly seeing it, you're going to come up thinking that that's the life to live. That's the only thing you've seen. You didn't see the doctor. You didn't see the police officer. You didn't see the lawyer. You didn't see the school principal. You didn't see the janitor. You didn't see the educator. You didn't see any of the other people. You just saw niggas from the streets, right? But niggas will join these gangs to get bitches. Like, y'all corny, bro. I don't give a fuck, bro. Niggas is corny, bro. And see, I, I can say this bravely because I'm I'm not I'm not no square. Like I, I <laughs> I'm not no square. I know niggas from both sides of the fences, bro. And niggas not touching me without no consequences, bro. That's real shit. A nigga, if a nigga smoked me tonight, if a nigga shot me tonight because of what I said, it's gonna be fire and brimstone. For every single one of them niggas who's involved. Because that's how the game goes. I'm from that. I'm from that environment. It's not like I'm trying to be something I'm not. That's just something that, that I was. Something that I witnessed. Shit that I've seen. Not even in this area. We talking about like East Orange. We're talking about North. We're talking about New Brunswick. We're talking about like North Jersey. I used to be up there. And I seen the the real environment. But 
I knew that it came to a point where it's like, bro, I'm not advertising that. No disrespect to those niggas. Shout out to all my niggas out there. Shout out to all of my niggas out there. You had North Jersey, all the great niggas up there. All the, like, I don't even want to get too deep in it. Because niggas, what I'm stating is shit that most niggas from that urban area already know. Cops already know this shit. Because they're the ones that's, that got to deal with these niggas. <laughs> so they know. So I'm not snitching. But I'm saying, I, when you're in an urban environment, <clears throat> everything is reversed. So the hood nigga and the rejects and the failures are the ones that are looked at as leaders and and they inspire the youth <clears throat> the nigga who leaves the hood the nigga who decides to own the company a nigga that decides to look for a better way of life those niggas are looked at as squares and rejects and the best thing i can tell the youngsters out there is be a proud reject nigga think outside the box you don't need a group of niggas to, to be somebody you don't need a group of niggas to be somebody. I'm living proof. I, I'm dolo, nigga. Like, fuck you talking about? And I chose it. See, there's a difference between someone who's a loner, in my opinion, and a lone wolf. In the beginning, I was a loner. Because I felt lost, I was still trying to find something. And that something was in a group of people, or that something was in a woman, or that something was in something that wasn't within me. I became a lone wolf because I realized the things that I want, I can get that shit. I'm more motivated because I have less people around me, therefore less distractions. So I took in what would be seen as the bad parts of being alone and I sort of converted that into a positive way. Like, damn, I don't got nothing to do. Well, shit, I can make some beats. Boom. That's productivity. Oh, you know, I saw something on YouTube that really inspired me to talk about something. Where can I do it? Podcast. Boom. That's productivity. You know what I mean? It's a nice day out. Uh, what can I do? I'll go for a walk. You know what I mean? I got a treadmill in the basement. I, I try to find different ways to better myself. And that lone wolf mentality is like you officially being comfortable being alone. When you're a lone wolf, you're not looking for the pack. People look at you as a, as like one of the, one of a kind because you're not seen with everybody. You stay to yourself. But people can look at you and tell that you're insightful. You There's something about you. There's a reason why you're not fucking with everybody. You feel me? There's a, there's a, reason, where, there's a reason why we as lone wolves don't fuck with everybody. There's reasons why we're lone wolves. It's not just bad relationships. It's life experiences. Outside of women. And since I was talking about this shit earlier this week, late last week, talking about the lone wolf lifestyle or the lone wolf mindset within the red pill lifestyle. 
and I believe there's several variations. There's the black pill lifestyle. There's a lot of Sigma males who are black pill in the same way. Because there's people who are to themselves because they feel that there's nothing that society or the world can offer them. And there was a point I was at that level too. Like I said, 2017, when I damn near attempted self-deletion. I'm not going to go too... Uh, I'm not going to go too into detail. I talked about this before. People be like, damn, man, like, how can you just talk about it? Like, and it doesn't bother you. And it's not that it doesn't bother me. It does bother me. It bothers me more that I was actually thinking about it. It bothers me more that I was thinking about it. But I knew I was, I was so desperate at that point because it's like, damn, man, like, here I am at the time looking out for all these niggas, bro. They're not going to say nothing to you now because they already know that I'm I'm at another level where I won't even be in the same rumor conversation with these niggas anymore. Because I know they're real. I know I know who they really are. Feel me? They're not thorough. They're not genuine people. But I don't give a shit about talking about it because it's of the past. Especially today, I'm, I'm the most active work wise podcast wise music wise I'm doing all the things that I love to do talk my shit on the podcast make beats when I have time do my eights and hit the gates all that shit making money and you know I I always talk about the reality of this shit right like A lot of us, we're cool with it. Like, I'm I'm cool with what my life has became and the fact that I don't have many or really anybody around. I'm okay with that. But to be truthful, a lot of us just sit back and wonder, damn, man, like, does it really have to be like that? Do I Did I really have to disconnect from every motherfucker to make progress? Only to find out that these niggas was only around for the shit that I was making instead of what I had to offer as a person. That's that's a knife. That's a knife to the chest. That's a knife to the back at the same time, bro. You speak this this is where a lot of guys become so cold hearted to everybody. You you become one of those guys because you was the guy that everybody looked at for this and for that. Then you by yourself most of the time. Because when they get their shit, when they get their money, when they cash their check, when they get that paper, they're out the door. They're not fucking with you. This is where the champagne friends come along. So now you say, damn, this is where I was at. 2016, like, fuck. Had lost my job 2015. I was I was doing valet parking. I had some odd jobs, bro. Like nigga can't tell me that that, that I don't work. Gas attendant, um, dishwasher. I worked at a truck stop. I worked at a lot of places, man. Just trying to make ends meet. But I really reached a point where it was like the job that I had before was the job that I left last time. It was just I worked there. 
back in 2015 and November of last year. So when I left that job or when they when they fired me at that time, I'm like, damn. Like, what am I going to do now? Like, I was comfortable at this job. It wasn't a great job, but it, I was comfortable. And I was good at what I did. And the people that I worked around said nothing but good things about me. Now, I'm back on the streets. Metaphorically speaking, I wasn't like robbing niggas or nothing like that. But I was, I was back in that environment. And that's when I really came across spirituality. Like, good and evil is all around us. Good and, good and evil is within us. We can't embrace one aspect and ignore the other. This is why religion goes wrong. Because in religion, you're pointing out the good and shying away from the bad, which makes sense. But you shy away from the bad so much that you contradict yourself because when you do bad, you ignore it or you quote-unquote confess. I realized that during those times in 2016, there was a lot of demons around me. These demons were living or, or these demons were objects. These demons, these, these, these tools of destruction, you feel me? These tools of violence. And I realized that it's, it's like when you, it's like when they say you can't, serve two masters because what will happen is if you serve what will naturally happen is you'll hate one and love the other so this goes to like the hypocritical church folks they party get drunk friday and saturday and then they go to church sunday eventually you're going to come to the point where it's like fuck it i love drinking too much fuck church are you going to say you know what the word the inspiration the people, the congregation inspired me to really change who I am and what I represent. This epiphany phase is what resulted in me trying to self-delete and then me finding the red pill because I felt that there was only two extremes. I couldn't just make one small decision and make things better. I had to really take a risk and I went to the negative. I went all the way to the darkest point of my life where I felt like I was fucking worthless. And the only way that I can end all of the problems that I had was just to kill myself. We gonna talk about real shit here now, right? Then in the process of me doing that, something, something supernatural happened. And I'll just, I'll just briefly go over that. There was a thought of what if that was the that was the two words that changed my fucking life what if i'm not to just kill myself but what if it was just one thing that i had to handle or what if i just fought it out for a little bit longer what if i just said fuck it and go all the way in what if And after that, it wasn't optimism. It wasn't optimism. It was, I don't, I don't even know what the, 
I don't even know what term to use. Like it something something was lit inside of me. And this is why I consider myself spiritual today. Whoever's involved in my creation had to remind me that regardless of what the fuck I was going through, I had to get through it. And I wasn't going to take no coward way out. Fuck that. I'll kill a man before I kill myself. I'll kill a man before I kill myself. You feel me? So, from that point, I don't know. God, God is real to me. I don't give a fuck what y'all niggas think. And I'm not here throwing Bibles at niggas. That's not, that's not me at all. But from that point, I knew God was real. Because when I said, I said to myself, okay, it ain't, it's, not, it's not my time yet. I'm not in control of my time. You feel me? Certain to an extent, I'm, I'm, I'm in control of my time on earth. But other things, shit happens. Life happens. So I said, fuck that. The next week, I got a job. Just with the mindset, like, yo, wake up, put in apps, go skateboarding. I wasn't making music then. I wasn't really podcasting much either. So I would do a lot of meditation. You know what I mean? I used to go to this yacht club and just look at the water. The Delaware Canal is connected throughout with the Delaware River at one point in this area. So it's a beautiful view. And I always get I would get ideas and I would meditate there. And it's a it's a sentimental or it's a real personal location for me because uh my best friend, the last place I saw him before he committed suicide was at this place. So in a fucked up way and in a weird, sick way, it's almost like I'm still connecting to him from being in that location. A lot of people will understand what I'm saying if they really think about it. Because, you know, like certain tastes and certain scents bring you back to a location in a way, in almost in a similar fashion like that. So I'm like, fuck it, man. When the job came, I was like, oh, all right. Caught me by surprise. I was like, I'm going to put in whatever I need to put in. Uh, I'm going to work whatever hours I need to work. You know what I mean? And it worked. But, you know, trials and tribulations. Nothing lasts forever. That ended. But the difference was, I noticed, I didn't feel so bad. I wasn't, I wasn't as depressed. I wasn't as upset as I was beforehand. Something, something happened Something that took in place that changed me from the inside out. So now my words of negativity in the past, it's not that it doesn't exist. I still have that negativity within me. Going back to what I say about spirituality, the good and bad, you have to embrace both to really be human. Because <laughs> if you embrace evil, you become a devil. And if you embrace nothing but good, you become an angel. And although people talk about angels and demons on earth, I'm talking about more in the spiritual manifestation than a physical manifestation. 
a lot of niggas ain't going to pick up on what I just said anyway, but I just had to express that. So today, and it's like 7.57 right now, I got to get up and go to work. I got to be at my job by 8 o'clock, which is 12 hours from now, 8 to 4. And I used to hate, I still do, I still fucking hate morning. I hate mornings. I wake up early in the morning just so I know that I have nothing to do. Because if I don't have to do anything, I won't do it at 8 or 9 in the morning. If I could, I would just leave the house and do anything that I need to do at 9.30, 10 o'clock. So, today, when I look back, I'm almost sad that I, that I felt... That the only way that I can escape was to end my life. Like I, I still think I still have sorrow when I think back because I wouldn't have been able to make the moves that I made now. And this isn't help, no disrespect to anybody out there, but this wasn't any help from any of you people. I had to really I had to dig down and get myself out of the grave. I was damn near I was burying myself in sorrow. I was burying myself with depression and Luckily, I didn't get involved in any drugs. I just smoked. I smoked a lot. I don't smoke as much today. I like to smoke. You feel me? But when you take pleasure in something, and when bad things happen, you'll overindulge in that. And I understand. So I never had that. What's the word I'm looking for? I never had that addictive personality. You feel me? So that was one of the things that I was blessed to have, like, I experimented with a lot of shit. Mushrooms. Uh, what's that one shit called? Molly. MDMA. You know. I experimented. I just realized that I'm experimenting. <laughs> like I'm not. I'm not beat to get addicted to popping pills or none of that shit. I like smoking my reefer. I smoke two blunts a day, like the good old uh, Sublime joint. Smoke two joints a day. That's a real song. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That represents life to me. Smoke two joints a day. By the way, you hear the cup. Y'all niggas know what's inside the cup. Green tea, bro. Green tea, that's the new way of life. I drink, I used to drink soda. Just to give y'all an example on certain things that I had to do to really make progress. And it's like what a lot of people say, it's the small things that add up. So what I used to do, like I used to drink soda constantly. Um, I still drink Pepsi every now and then. I still drink Coca-Cola. I still haven't came to the conclusion on what's better. I think Pepsi is better only because it has more sugar in it and it can kill you faster. Uh, so I used to drink soda crazy. You know what I mean? And I was gaining a lot of weight. And I'm saying to myself, well, damn, I don't really eat as much. Even today, I'll eat once, I'll eat once or twice a day. Maybe once. Like today, I ate earlier at like six. I'm still full from eating. So I won't eat. So throughout the day, I'm I'm just drinking sodas and shit, and I'm drinking caffeine and energy drinks, 
which is still my guilty pleasure to this day. So I'm like, all right, man, I got to change that. Because I was like, I had gained damn near 20 pounds. Well, the first time I've gained damn near 20 pounds last year before I had got my last job back in November of last year. And I wasn't liking how I was looking. So I'm like, man, what can I do? Something small. I'm like, all right, I'll just drink water. So I went, I tried to go through the, the phase of just drinking water. But I couldn't do that because I was already not eating throughout the day. You know what I mean? And I pretty much turned that into my fast. It's like a daily fast. If I wake up, like tomorrow, I got to wake up at 7, 7.15, leave the house by 7.30, 7.40 to be at the job by 8. I'm probably not going to eat nothing between then and 4 o'clock. I'm cool with that because I know when it's 4 o'clock, I'll have an appetite. And I know I didn't eat any. I didn't eat. I didn't eat anything beforehand. So I'm thinking, all right, can't drink water. Because I was drinking like, I was drinking a lot of water throughout the day, pissing every like 15, 20 minutes. I just remember. But I realized my weight was going down. I lost five pounds during that time. But I was miserable. I'm like, yo, I need something to really, you know, give me a little energy. Then I tried to drink Gatorade. Gatorade, I just hate Gatorade today. I can't even drink that shit without throwing up. So I said, fuck Gatorade. I'm not drinking it. Then I'm like, green tea. I'm like, yo, I used to drink green tea all the time. I used to do martial arts. And instead of a lot of people would bring Gatorade or whatever, I was actually brewing <laughs> green tea tea bags. And I would that was how I would stay um, energized and also hydrated. Even though tea usually dehydrates you. Don't get it twisted. But I'm like, all right, fuck it. I'll drink green tea. So I started drinking that. Like when I go to when I go to work, probably tomorrow, right? I'll I'll get I'll get like two things of green tea. Or I'll get one big ass bottle of green tea. And I'll drink that and just water from eight AM to four PM. And then I probably won't eat until 6 p.m. But I'll still be full or I won't be hungry when it's time to eat. So I'm consuming less. I'm putting in more liquid in me because liquid comes out of you easier and faster than food. So from that point, I started losing 5 pounds, 10 pounds, all of a sudden 15. I'm like, boom. All right, cool. Because a nigga was like 225, close to 230. Now I'm back to like 208, teetering from 208 to 210. And I want to get I want to get down to like a solid two. You know what I mean? I'm trying to get down to like a solid 200 and I'll be good. And that's just on a small aspect. This is all self-development. It seems like nothing at first. But it's the small steps you make for the ultimate goal or, you know, the purpose. You know what I mean? But like small shit like that. And from that point going forward, I knew, all right, there's other changes that needed to be made. I was already physically active because I would skate every day. But what ended up happening was I was just depressed. I didn't feel like doing shit. 
but I still had to do something. So what I did was I made myself leave the house. I would go to my special spot, this yacht club, and I knew to get there and back all together, it was 1.6 miles. So every time I would smoke a joint, this is, this is, this is crazy shit. I'm about to put you on game. So every time I would smoke a joint, I would walk to there because I didn't want to sit in front of my house and smoke, or I didn't want niggas seeing me smoke, trying to hit it negative. I would, I would take the walk, right? Point eight to get to the spot. I would smoke a joint. I would meditate. I would think about ideas and plans and with the podcast and a lot of things that I've, I've talked about, it came from being in that location. So I knew if I had to smoke, I had to exercise a bit. I had to walk to these locations to smoke and then walk back. So boom, I would do that twice a day. You do the math twice a day with the hours that I, the type of hours that I had, I have tomorrow, eight to four, I'll get home at four o'clock. And this is like during the summertime. I'll get home at four o'clock. I'll go skating and then I'll skate to that spot. Now I'm skateboarding. Now my glutes, now my legs, calves is all getting the workout. It's cardio. Cardiovascular, your heart's beating, you're moving. Right? To go to this location to smoke. Then it got to a point where even if I didn't smoke, even if I didn't have any weed, I go, fuck it. I need to go to the spot and meditate anyway. So I would skate or walk to that spot. So doing all these things, the pounds began to melt. I began feeling better, lighter on my foot, I mean, lighter on my feet, excuse me. So I knew, all right, this is another thing to check off. Now I look back and I was like, damn. If I never found the red pill, if I've never came across this information, I don't know what the fuck I would be today. I wouldn't be at the job making the money I'm making today. I'll tell you that much. I wouldn't be on here spreading and talking about this type of message. I know that much. Talking about my trials and tribulations because that's real fucking life. A lot of niggas just talk about their success. Niggas don't talk about when they didn't have shit. That's where a lot of us relate. How can you relate to a millionaire? How can you relate to a celebrity? How can you relate to a politician? They don't live the life that you live. They don't really understand what it's like to wake up and have to go to places that you don't want to work at. But you know that if you don't work there at the time that you're working, you're not going to find an opportunity to make really any decent money in this day and age. That's why, like me, with the youth, I'm like, yo, if y'all in college and you feel that you're not going to really do anything with it, you better leave now. Deal with the debt while you can. Go into a trade school. You know what I mean? Get get a skill and a trade to where when you actually leave, you have something lined up. You've already networked with the people that see your portfolio of any sort of whatever work you do. You'll be positioned somewhere. You don't want these jobs today. You don't want these warehouse jobs today. A lot of people, I got a lot of niggas that work in warehouses. 
They talk about how it's shit, but I'll tell you, it's not. You know what I mean? They'll throw around, they'll throw around some extra money to try to get as many people as they can, but man, that work. And I respect niggas on the forklift. Shout out to the forklift riders and all that shit. I respect all of y'all. The cherry pickers, y'all got the big ass machines that like lift y'all up into the aisles to get the to get the products and shit on the shelves and the warehouses. Shout out to all y'all niggas. <laughs> niggas like me. I'm gonna tell y'all. I'm gonna tell y'all just like this. I'm 30 years old. I'm not built for it. Fuck that. My homeboy, he worked in a warehouse. You feel me? He worked in a warehouse and shit. And he be working like 12 hour shifts, bro. And his thing was, well, we only work four days a week. So, you know what I mean? We get that 12-hour days and we got this many days off. I'm like, okay. Oh, you need to come work with us. See, like, <laughs> he don't know. And I told him, like, yo, how much they they start you off with? Such and such. I'm like, bro. I tell him how much I'm being paid. And he's looking at me like, yo, what machines are you riding? Like, none. I'm doing the same shit I did in my last job. I was just fortunate enough to find a group that can look at my experience and go, okay, this is somebody we can use. Boom. For how much a nigga get paid on a forklift, I get paid right now. For how much a nigga gets paid driving a forklift, a forklift starting, I get paid as much, if not more than that person. I'm doing 30% of the work that I'm doing in my last job. But this nigga, didn't, he didn't know. So he's telling me, like, this this warehouse job was, like, the second coming. I'm like, bro, brother, I worked in so many warehouses that I'm good, bro. I am just fine where I'm at. I'll never work in a warehouse again. If I work in a warehouse, then I'm going to own the motherfucker. That's real shit. If, if I work in a warehouse... If I work in a fucking warehouse again, I'm going to have some form of ownership to that warehouse, nigga. I'll never work in a warehouse again. That shit is no joke, no fun. It's time consuming. It consumes your life. Niggas is working 12 hours. Like I said, all respect. And they making money. Don't get it. Don't get the game fucked up. They're making money, but at a cost, bro. Like, I work a solid eight hours, Monday through Friday. Today, of course, with the holiday, I got I, I got off today, and I had off, of course, Friday. But I still had to work Thursday before Eve. This week, I work tomorrow, and I work Tuesday, but I got Wednesday and Thursday off. Or no, no, no I work. No, I mean, I work. Tomorrow and Wednesday, and I got Thursday and Friday off for Eve and the New Year's. And I'm getting paid for all those days, pimping. Like, I'm straight. There's niggas that work in warehouses that get told, yeah, you got to work this whole week, nigga. Including uh, New Year's Eve, nigga. Fuck your celebration. But when 
see, like I brought this up before, and I want to I want to bring it up again to make a point because I'm about to end this off. I'm not gonna go too deep in this tonight. We got a whole day tomorrow, and even if I record tomorrow, it will probably be on a, a later time. In the same way that I would record if I was working a night shift, but this week I'm doing eight to four, so I'm gonna wait till after work, or I might wait and do. 30 minutes at during the job, keep that on the cuffs. And then after work, I'll do another hour and 30, make it two hours and then combine it for one episode. That's what I'm going to do probably this week. Um, the legend will never die. You feel me? I just want to say that. The legend will never die. I'm not a legend. You're not a legend either. I'm not talking about a mortal man. The legend never dies. The legacy never dies. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit lives within all of us. I'm not saying this on no religious shit. Y'all hear how I'm talking right now. I really don't give a fuck. But I feel a lot of y'all niggas need to hear this shit. Because I know if I went through the shit that I went through, there's so many other people that went through it. And my thing is for the youth, fuck, fuck my peers. I don't give a shit about my peers. We're already at an age, you see, like 33 is like the number of Christ. You feel me? This is the number of Christ. 33. You should have your shit together in order or at least have plans and routes and ways you can go when things don't work out and be more strategic. You can't really think about your peers who's your age who should have their shit together. My thing is, I think about the niggas who are 10, 15 years younger than me. They need to hear this. Because y'all going to feel this at one point in your life. You're going to feel a level of isolation that you may, you may not be used to. That's why I tell niggas right away, you better get used to your own company. Especially these times. There's more men like me who starting to get shit together. They got a few things going on. They making moves. And we don't even look for bitches anymore. We don't even look for women anymore. We've already came to the conclusion of like, all right, cool. Um, she promote herself like a sex object. Okay, cool. So if you approach me in any other type of way, I'm going to approach you as a sex object because you've you've displayed yourself your behaviors your characteristics and your traits are similar to a thought okay there is absolutely and shout out to dj academics we are completely hard on thoughts no love for thoughts 2022 amen 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 Amen. Because what you got to say about that future when it comes to these type of bitches? She belongs to the streets. Oh, all right, bet. <coughs> oh, all right. <coughs> oh, woo. Woo. You got to do like the short Ric Flair. Woo. That's the, that's the short Ric Flair. When you kicking back, doing what I'm doing, enjoying life. 
smoking my goddamn car out. My car looks like it's on fire. If the police drives past and sees my car, they're going to harass me because this is what I do. Smoke weed every day. Oh my God, R.I.P. Nate Dog, yo. R.I.P. to Nate Dog. Shout out to Long Beach. You dig? Shout out to Long Beach. <clears throat> you feel me? But, uh, it's just another night. It's my last night. This is actually part one. See, this is this is the beauty of um, my job, right? Let me just tell y'all how this is going to go down this week. So I'm going to wake up tomorrow at 7 be like, fuck, I got to go to work. Or fuck it. Get to work at 8. Pretty much do nothing until it's 4 o'clock. Do the same thing Wednesday. And then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I have days off. So it'll be identical to last week. <laughs> Easy money. I'm getting paid for all of those days off, too. Can you believe that? Yeah, I know. But I'm good. I'm grateful. I'm blessed. More importantly, I'm grateful. There was a time that I felt cursed. I felt that the, some people around me, certain things around me, prevented me from truly being me. But it was only my connection and participation in their activities. Once I chose to disconnect and truly become a lone wolf, to really be on the prowl, to really go out here and get shit done, it was on and cracking. The lone wolf is here. <laughs> Stunting on y'all niggas. Hold up. Stunting on y'all niggas. <laughs> With y'all niggas. Yo, listen. What do y'all know about this sound right here? Yo, y'all don't know about that. Y'all don't know about that. You know what I mean? Tony Hawk Pro Skater stunting. That's the type of shit we doing right now. Tony Hawk Pro Skater stunting. Okay. We're going to keep this energy and we're going to go even further through the grace, the almighty, the indestructible, unstoppable, most high. I don't need a bitch. I don't need no bum ass niggas around me. I need my job. <laughs> I need my vehicle. And most importantly, I need, when it comes to this podcast, everybody's undivided attention. So like I said, man, it's been a bumpy, wild, painful, 
at the same time, eventually fruitful, prosperous, ambitious, and just anticipated move of progression, self-development, learning to be good and learning to be happy and learning to be grateful for what I have, learning to be happy in my own company, um, not simping, not pedestalizing these females, staying on a purpose, having a navigation, having a focus, making sacrifices, having self-accountability, And really being humble, being grateful, but always it it's a it's a hard thing to express where you'll have people that tell you to be humble. I'm humble, but I'm also hungry for more. Whether it's knowledge, whether it's money, and and by the means of money, it's real work. I'm not doing nothing illegal. Honest work. So the way I'm always like, my mind is always aimed for the possibility of more. But it's always like a balance of being grateful and being truly happy with what you have. There's a balance. It's hard to explain. A lot of people are too humble. There is such thing as being too humble. Just like for a lot of you nice guys out there, you guys are finding out the hard way, there is such thing as being too nice when it comes to women. When you're too humble, you allow others to take advantage of you. When you are too humble, you will you will allow yourself, without even knowing, You will allow yourself to be manipulated and taken advantage of by others being too humble. You have to have, you have to be grounded with reality. I'm humble because I used to have the friends. I used to have the women. I didn't have money. I was a broke ass nigga, but I had women. And I had a lot of friends, or at least I thought were friends, or I thought were um I wouldn't, I wouldn't disrespect the women that I fucked with on that level because, like I said, I didn't have any money, so they wasn't fucking with me because of my money. You feel me? So I, w- I could always be 100. The, the women that I fucked with were real women because, like I said, during those times, I wasn't working. I was getting money however I could get money. I just never did anything too drastic to do that. You know what I mean? And I always had a good spirit, especially around beautiful women. It does something to the man's spirit to be around beautiful women, especially conversating and communicating with beautiful women. This is actually one of the good things about women at one time or another where certain women can bring out the pure saint of men. Real shit. This is why women is important in the battlefield and all this other shit. Women can bring out a saint in a man, while a man can bring out a harlot when it comes to women.
And that was just organic off the top. But that's the reality. It's like guys, doesn't matter how tough a guy is, right? He comes across a good-looking woman. He's going to do something to him, especially if that good-looking woman is interested in him. Especially if that bitch ain't really out here on no on no thought shit. Especially when she's a woman with with morals and principles that are realistic and make sense. She wants a hardworking man. That man doesn't have to be a millionaire. That man doesn't have to uh, rule the world. She just wants a man to rule her. Or a woman who just wants a man who's hardworking. Oh, he does construction. Good. He's in shape. Good. He's responsible. Great. This would be basic uh, matchmaking mechanisms, I would call it. A matchmaking mechanism. Me, for example, I'm a guy, right? I work. I'm just about, I'm literally average, average. When it comes to the year, I'm pretty much damn near close to the national average a year that somebody makes. Damn near, if not five, maybe even 10 years towards that. So I'm, I'm telling bitches straight up, I'm not, I'm not balling. I'm not balling. <laughs> I tell a bitch, I lie and tell a bitch I'm broke just to see, just to see where her head is at. You know, these bitches today, they'll just walk away any fucking way. You know, these, these type of loopy bitches, these types. Guys, dating in your thirties is something. So I those type of bitches. So get the fuck out of here. And you know, what's funny about these women. And see, me, I keep it 100% real. The red pill community may disagree. The MGTOW community may disagree. I may not give a fuck about either or. Because it's just my opinion. A bitch like that is a bitch who is good looking. You look at these women, they're in their 30s. They are good looking. But here's the thing. They're not what they were five years ago. You see what I mean? So, however they looked today, if you strip away the makeup and you compared it to how they were five years ago, you wouldn't, you couldn't even compare. You would want the younger version. But these women today, they feel that since they're 30 now, they can go around and demand a guy to be a certain way. And these bitches done bumped their head. They done lost their fucking mind. And that's why we got to hit them with the, the raw, the real, and the red pill. Fuck out of here. Fuck out of here. You guys already know the vibes, man. We're just kicking back. It's 8.30 already. I felt that I addressed the fact that it was 8 o'clock five minutes ago, but I guess it's been 30 minutes. Um, What a year, bro. Like, What a year. And I don't mean that in a good or a bad way. It's just in general. What the fuck?
But this year was crazy. More, more productive than last year, but also more stressful than last year. Last year, like, look, I got, I had family that had COVID nineteen. One of my good friends that I was just chilling with a couple nights ago, he had COVID nineteen a couple weeks back. So I didn't look at it as like, oh my God, my life is in jeopardy. My family's life is in jeopardy. This COVID thing. My brother had COVID nineteen. He's fine. <clears throat> Knew a lot of people that had it. So for me, I ain't really give a fuck. I'm like, yo, do I still got my job? Yeah, we still working? Bet. Fuck it. You got to wear a mask? Okay, fuck these niggas. I'm going to wear a mask. I need, I'm, I'm, I became just strictly business. Like, it's just money now to me. That's, I guess I got, I reached a point and I talked about this when I first jumped onto YouTube when I had the Renegade Red Pill channel. Now it's about the new age traditionalism. We about to take off 2022, excuse me, 2022, we about to take off. But I talked about the Red Pill Mercenary. At that time, I was at a job that I hated. It was a job that I knew I could do because of my experience. So I had to make sacrifices. It was one of the first sacrifices I made was when it came to work. I knew I was going into a location that I hated, a city that I hated, people of the city that I generally hate. I don't like many niggas from that area. But I said, fuck it, I need the money. You know what I mean? I have I have more skill than most of these niggas here. And I hate to say that. I was like, that was my mentality. Then when I was working there, I realized that I, it was true. I was I was right. I'm saying to myself, like, damn, man. I don't know how I'm gonna do this, but something came to my something came to mind. Like I thought about, I think about like mercenaries. Like okay, it's like private contractor. Like this is a nigga you hit up directly. We need this done at this time with this many items with this many people, etc. And I kind of connected it to what I do for a living and just the mentality that I needed to have to persevere. And that was what it was, a red pill mercenary. I go to work knowing what tasks I need to do. I don't need to communicate with everybody. I don't give a fuck about being the center of attention. I don't give a fuck about really conversating with these niggas and these people in general. That was just the way that I got through it. And I got through it. It was. It's just funny how life in general works out because... During that time, I was trying to get back to the job that I just left. And that job was terrible. But the previous job was so bad that I said, if I can just get an opportunity to even just go back to where I was at, easier to get there, not as much traffic. There's a lot of different routes and different ways that I can get to this location. Then I'll do that. That's what I said to myself. What ended up happening was... The job that I left, pretty much, <clears throat> they were about to get me. <clears throat> they were about to take me from the location because these two locations were under the same company. Same employee ID, same information, same background check, same everything. So it would be an easy transition. All they would have to do is, 
is fax over, uh, fax over some paperwork. You know what I mean? Fax over the background check information. Fax, uh, fax over everything that's incorporated for me to start at this other location. Still get a check from the same people, the same corporate business as usual. The place that I was at, they blackballed me. So they told them they kicked my back in in order to keep me. I don't think I even mentioned this. But what they did was they told my now previous employers that I was showing up to work late. I don't I don't have a car. I'm not driving to work. They know it's cap because it's in another city. How how am I not getting driving to work? I'm in another county. So these niggas blackballed me, kicked my back in. And so I'm wondering why this previous job never hit me up during this time. I stayed in this place for another year and a half from that time going on. Red pill mercenary through and through. Doing my eight and hitting the gate. That's where that that's where I got in that terminology from. I forgot somebody else. I heard it from someone, but I can't remember who it was. I wish I knew it, but in the meantime, I'm jacking it. That's the one thing that you'll hear me say that I have to jack is doing the eight and hitting the gate. Because I also made a video. I also made a slideshow, actually, on on YouTube during that time called Do the Eight and Hit the Gate. And it was connected to the Red Pill Mercenary video. Feel me? But we're going to bring back that energy and we're going to, we just, we're not going to really, we're not going to really go anywhere. We're just going to make the proper moves and transition to another platform. And it's like, we're transferring the energy and we're transferring just the information and we're just bringing it into another platform. It's YouTube, and we're dealing with a bunch of normies, so we have to tone a lot of this shit down. Everybody knows how YouTube works out. You either get in line, or you get pushed aside. They telling you shit. They're breaking your shit down. They're leaving you on the side of the road. They're taking away your accounts. These people just go around shadow banning over one word you say, or a line that's, that was used as a joke that people took serious. It's like too many, uh, the sensitivity is at an all-time high. And I think the education and really the insight is at an all-time low. And I feel that this society in a way creates dummies. They create dumb people. And these dumb people go along with the sensitivity of others. Like, oh, I better not talk about this because this person gets offended. So now you look into the world of what I talked about over four years ago, the world of comedy, or this was like three years ago, the world of comedy and how comedy is affected by this type of behavior. Look at Dave Chappelle, look at other, look at Tracy Morgan. Remember Tracy Morgan? And if you don't know about that, you can look that up. He said something that was quote unquote homophobic and he had to go on a fucking apology tour. Or you got, I stand for free speech. Niggas know that. I stand for free speech all around. So when a nigga 
gets hateful and says whatever the fuck is on his mind, I'm going to have that same, I'm going to have the same reaction to if I agree with somebody who speaks his mind. That's his fucking opinion. I ain't going to lose sleep over the fact that there's, there's white folks, there's crackers that hate black men. I, I can't lose sleep over that because I know a lot of niggas that hate whitey. You feel me? That's the thing. See, that's the thing about reality and then how people want to illustrate shit. Y'all niggas will illustrate a story that tells you that there's still white people in hoods hanging niggas. But in reality, there's a lot more black people that do violent acts and do home invasions and do all the shit to the white man that's not televised on the news. Or if it is televised, y'all niggas turn the other cheek. That's the only time where niggas will separate themselves from black people. Or black people, I should say, will separate themselves from niggas. Is when that type of activity goes on. It's the same with hip-hop, right? Y'all niggas glorify the violence that these artists put out, but then if they get shot and killed from the acts and the music and just the energy and the spirit that they portray in these beats and in this music, it's very important. If y'all know about the Bible and if you know about Lucifer, he was a master of music. So there's no, there's, there's no other reason why the music that we listen to wouldn't have any demonic energy or would have any negative impact on the youth t of today. That's across the board, black, white, whatever. It's just mostly seen black because we're dealing with music from an urban environment that almost stereotypes blacks as just chaotic, demonic, dope slinging type niggas. That's the reality of it. Sure, I bop to it. The music is tight. I fuck with the beats. I make beats. So I fuck with the beats before anything, especially with music today. I don't understand a lot of these niggas. I'll keep it real with y'all. Now I know what these old niggas talk about when he was talking about mumble rap and all that. But that was like a miss. They, they just didn't understand the culture, I think. With a lot of the older generation, I think that's just a generational thing. There is that gap where the music they listen to is all the way live and shit and Ohio players and these fucking Isley brother type niggas like. And that's music I listen to. That's the thing about music is timeless. Niggas can't. I'll, I'll bump. I'll bump G Funk. I'll bump. Uh, <laughs> I'll bump DJ Quick. I'll bump fucking. Not even Snoop. I bump Nate Dog. I bump Warren G before I bump most most of today's music, cause that's just the shit I like. You feel me? That's just that's just the that's just the sauce that I like. I like that West Coast sauce. Feel me? That West Coast energy. Feel me? But everybody's different, so everybody's gonna bring something different to the table. But if you're dealing with the same type of energy from the same type of niggas that are taught to be a certain way because the most popular, the most notarized or the most successful nigga is that way, then everybody's going to become a clone. Right? The same niggas that's on the blocks, that's on the corners, talking about, yeah, they on some white boy shit, they doing this and that, yeah, they on some white boy shit. These niggas got on skinny jeans a pair of vans and talking about niggas is doing white boy shit. 
What the fuck are these niggas? I gotta sit these niggas down and educate them. Like, bro, you you talking about culture vultures, but y'all the only niggas now that's rocking the skinny jeans. What are y'all doing? The fuck is going on? Niggas. Niggas are too quick to contradict themselves, man. That's why when certain black people I deal with, it's like we 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 resonate on a thinking level. It's not just, oh, you got on sneakers, I got on sneakers. Oh, you from this block, oh, I'm from this block, fuck your neighborhood, fuck this and all that. I don't do all that shit. But I know niggas that will do that. They press the line, they do that shit. I can't say nothing against them because I'm I'd be contradicting myself. Like I said, I can't talk negative about the particular environment that I was necessarily raised in. I'm just speaking facts. But I can't I can't live I can't live just on that simple minded mindset where it's like, oh, you from this neighborhood. My people's is from another neighborhood, so I can't fuck with you. Even if you got a proposition that involves money, that involves doing anything positive other than this street bullshit that most of us glorify and we talk about without even realizing it. Because this nigga's from a neighborhood that my people's, because I'm not in this shit. I got peoples in it. Or if I come from an environment where I'm not even around that shit and I get into a high school that has nothing but that, and I'm just a nigga that's trying to follow the crowd, I might get down in a soul train in the bathroom. I might swabble in a circle. You feel me? In a, in a backyard somewhere to get down in the hood. But I didn't do that. I just, I was known by the niggas that were doing it. And they looked at me, it was like, I was a square, but I was still a nigga that was in tune. I was a square, but I was a nigga that was in tune. So they respected me. But at the same time, they knew that I wasn't on that path. But I could still be around those niggas. I still socialize with those niggas. I would go to events where all of these niggas would be there. And it would only be me and maybe two other people that wasn't even directly in that shit. But we was like, all right, yeah, we fuck with that. Yeah, let them niggas, yeah. But I'm not going to live that life where it's like, okay, I got to connect with this nigga because he's from my block. Fuck that. That nigga from my block probably don't give a fuck about me. If I'm dealing with a nigga from another block and that nigga's like, yo, I see something in your music. I see something in the message that you're doing. We're going to invest. We're going to chop it up. We're going to network. I'm going to work with that nigga because he actually coming with a message. I'm not... It's like when niggas talk about if you become successful in your area or you become successful in general, fuck your area. You just become world, you become world known worldwide, right? People will expect you to go, yo, what about that nigga that lived down the street? You didn't put him on? No, that nigga didn't do shit for me, nigga. What the fuck, man? Like niggas get killed doing that. Nipsey got killed for that. Went back to the block, did something for the community, and got smoked. And no disrespect, because niggas fuck with Nipsey. Niggas fuck with Hood, man. Like, But when you do certain things in your mind that's good, other people are going to take it the opposite way.
oh, this nigga's stunting, this nigga's doing this and that. Nah, that nigga's just giving back. And that's not no cliche. That's not cliche. Like, that nigga was known. He was active in his area. Like, Los Angeles is a different... Is it that, That's like a different planet compared to the East Coast. The East Coast... Compared to the West Coast, there's a lot more laid back spots on the East Coast, meaning there's a lot of activity that goes on on the East, but you'll find a lot of places blocks away that's cool as shit. You're not going to find a lot of active niggas because it's not organic and it's not from the mud like L.A. is. A lot of shit that go on in L.A. or a lot of shit, the groups, I would say, in the organizations that are that are known in the East Coast, preferably in Jersey, are mostly influential are brought in from niggas from L.A. So in L.A., a street is a gang, nigga. Like, the fuck you talking about? A street is a gang. A street, a community of, to the to the O's, shout out to the O's. You know what I mean? Communities are like 10 fucking streets, nigga. Like, that's, that's their culture. We take it out here, and a lot of us don't even have the roots from that culture. So we almost we take something, we completely change the narrative. We go after niggas because they wear certain colors, and two niggas is doing the same shit, trying to make the same money on the same blocks, hustling, selling dope in the same cul-de-sacs. This is real shit. See, but I can't talk about this type of street shit because that's not even my path. I just know it. There's navigations in, in different... I made wrong turns in my life. That's the only way I can describe it. So I seen, I seen the view of both sides of the tracks. But I always had my straight and narrow. I've been on both sides of the tracks. I just always had the straight and narrow mindset. So I never got caught up in, in too much funk and too much activity. I never got caught up in too much. But I've been around enough to realize that, yo, I'm not, I'm not doing that shit. I'm a bang on a I'm a bang on a nigga for disrespecting my family. I'm not gonna bang on a nigga from from wherever street because they know the niggas that I fuck with or they know the niggas that I'm cool with or they know the niggas that I'm by and they don't fuck with them. I don't care. I'm one man. First and foremost, I'm one man. So I don't participate in too much group activities. I'm a lone wolf. I don't necessarily get along with others like that. It's not even that I don't get along with them. I just don't agree with them. So a lot of shit that they talk about to me is foreign. I don't fucking get it. It's like a different language. We on two different dialogues. Like, shit is foreign to me. So, like, with this energy that I have, like, this shit is genetic. This just becomes a part of me. And I'm hope I hope that I'm not, if I'm grateful enough to be in a better to be in a better position to have a child, I would hope that a son that I have would have the same mentality that I have, nigga. I'm going to tell them straight up growing up. These niggas out here don't give a fuck about you. The only people that give a fuck about you is a nigga that's talking to you. Nigga that's giving you this game. Nigga that's, nigga that's giving you this insight. Because these other niggas, they're going to give you some fake game. These old niggas give 
old nigga advice. I told you, old heads give old head advice. Vintage 1970s advice, nigga. We in a different fucking, we're in a different generation. Like, we're in a different era. That's why I laugh at these niggas. They out here still giving advice on game. When it comes to these bitches. All these niggas got shit going on. They got money. You know what I mean? They got revenue, YouTube, everything. They're not telling these men how to grind and get to where they're at. No, they're going to give you some secondhand game, some stepped on game. I'm giving you some raw, real red pill game. No cut, no chop, none of that. Straight raw, 100% pure. 100% pure, okay? But y'all niggas already know the vibes, man. It's about 8.50. It's close to 9 o'clock. I'm about to get ready to wrap things up, play a play a few video games, you know what I mean? Hop on the sticks, pause, play some of these classics that I have, and really uh, get ready to wrap shit up because I have to be up tomorrow early. Luckily, I've been waking up early besides today. Today, I woke up at 10. But the past days before that, I've been waking up at like eight or so anyway. So I have my alarm set just in case. But my brain and my spirit is already on the same frequency as the eight to four level because I'm already waking up at a certain time. So it shouldn't be an issue. But I'm going to have something set up for tomorrow. Like I said, we're going to keep the same energy going forward. Similar to what I did last week. Um, hmm. How am I going to do this? Yeah, similar to what I did last week, I'm going to record this today for the week. Tomorrow, I'm going to record something. Wednesday, I'm going to record something. Thursday and Friday, I'm not going to record. I will be back with the latest episode with, you know, 2022 come next Monday. And really, I'm really taking the time to do a lot of uh, brainstorming and I've also been, like I said, busy with trying to make more music and really just keeping busy. And I've been busy. I've been busy for a good time period to where I don't even think about the shit that I have to do. Like when it comes, I'll deal with it. Beforehand, man, fuck it, whatever. That's just that's that's just how I move now. Like I don't I don't stress over things that I really can't control. Whatever happens, happens. But when it's time to make moves, nigga, I'm out here grinding Tony Hawk status. Grinding. <laughs> you feel me? Grinding out here. Nah, stop. But we're going to keep doing this shit going forward. But as I always say, it's been another day. And in the meantime and in between time, Jersey Judah. Red Pill Party Podcast, and I'm going to let y'all off. I'm going to let y'all out. Just like I'm about to leave the car right now, I'm going to let y'all out first with um, this beat. This beat that I talked about. I I went to sleep the day after Christmas right, to a dream, one of these like visual dreams. It was just a bunch of images, but I was traveling. But I didn't see myself travel. I just seen a bunch of locations. I was just moving around. And this melody was similar 
to what I was able to find on this program and what I was able to come up with. And it's some wild shit because it's one of the first times it's happened. Now, I've had like a lot of people, they've had dreams of things that ends up happening, believe it or not. And then you think about it. After it happens, you say, has it happened before? Like, I remember this, but nine times out of ten, it was from a dream. I had sound frequencies. And this was like, I've, I heard like the 808s. And you know how 808s are like low frequencies. If you know about frequencies and what frequencies do combined with music, it does something entirely different. So this beat is one of those things. It got a West Coast vibe to it. Uh, my influences are mostly, for the most part, I would say West Coast artists. But, you know, I usually uh, I usually mix things up more on like a micro house, more of a electronic, but with a hip hop influence or maybe vice versa, hip hop influence with electronica vibe. And this is more or less an example. Uh, I fuck with it. I hope you guys fuck with it. And after that. I may play the whole beat, so if you guys don't want to listen to it, you guys can just end this now. I'm going to play the whole beat, then we're going to wrap it up and leave. In the meantime, in between time, Jersey Judah, Red Pill Party Podcast. I'm out. Peace. Mm-hmm.